0: going to focus on history uh, delighted to be joined in the studio by local historian Colum Liddy uh, Colm good morning, we're going to talk about um, quite an interesting topic one I hadn't really thought of before to be honest about it uh, clear people and, and their cows 1000 years ago
1: That's right. Um, Over the last few months I suppose I've been kind of working my way through the history of Clare with Alan and we've gone through the Stone Age, Bronze Age and all that. Got up as far as the year 1100 but mostly I suppose I've been talking about, if you like, the famous people your Brian Brew, Battles, Saints Warriors, Vikings. Today I just wanted to not go forward and just pause to consider the ordinary people of that era. Um, So that's what
0: I'll be talking about today. So in terms of I suppose, the main occupation in Clare in 1000 AD? What what were you looking at? By a distance, it was milking
1: cows. Um, Obviously, we're in an era where people just, you know, they just want to survive. And, of course, it's all about food production. But in Ireland... um, was really quite a unique response to do with, really, our climate. We live, you may have noticed, in a rainy part of the world and in as it was in Ireland, more so in Clare. I mean, you look at the basic contours of the county. There's a lot of bog, there's mountain, there's rock. It's not a place you can grow crops very easily. The rain destroys the crops while they're standing and then when you try to harvest it, it's even worse. You know, you can't dry the grain. So cows, cows took over in a big way during this era. And not for meat, it was dairy. Over time, we developed an amazing ability to subsist on their produce. Like, incredibly, you read the old tracks and realise they had seven different kinds of milk. They had nine different kinds of cheese. (laughs) You know, you go into Super Value now and you think you've arranged. It was bigger in 800 AD. Um, So, and then, obviously, initially, it's just about surviving, but in fact, the cow becomes central to the culture in Ireland. It is the currency. It is the currency of Ireland at that time. You pay gifts, you pay a fine, you pay tax, all in terms of cows. Everything is valued according to a cow. And in fact, they've looked at all the early societies of this world from Egypt, Rome, Mesopotamia. There is almost no other society that 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 all spun around cows like it was in Ireland at that time. In fact, the only one comparable
0: is ancient India. I think you mentioned seven, seven varieties of milk. So yeah.
1: Well, it's just, it's to do with like skimmed milk and various thicknesses of milk. As I say, these were very imaginative people. It was by far how they got protein. They got a little bit of like, we'll say vegetables, they had cabbage, onion, peas, and um, obviously whatever berries and nuts they could pick. But by a distance, all the protein came from milk. And where did people live, Cullen? Well, this is the era. We had this unique society about cows, so now we had a unique kind of um, home place, which was the Ringfort. So familiar to people in Ireland. You could call it different names. Sometimes it's made of earth, sometimes of stone. But there are two and a half thousand of them in County Clare. Um, They're all over the county, but in particular, if you were to make a line from Ballyvahan, diagonal down across the county to Bunratty, there is a huge amount of Ringforts to the left and right of that line. There's almost none in Fecal Kilinana up there north. There's very few in the Kilmele area. But then down around the peninsula again, there's a lot of ring forts. So a ring fort, huge amount of them, what are they? They're they're a response to the fact that the worst thing that can happen to you is for somebody to steal your cows. You need a place to keep them in at night. So it's a homestead, it's a farmyard. Inside in a typical ringfort. It's usually about 30 metres in diameter. Inside of it is a place to bring in the cows. But also, all sorts of little sheds are in there. And in the centre of it is your house, which is a seven metre little hut built from posts and wattle, as they call it, you know, posts on the ground with weaving of of other little sticks in between it. And um, that's where you live. Um, It, generally speaking, has its doorway faced south or east, so that's where the light comes in. In that side of the the south of the house is where you live, create food, um, do any craft works. And in the north side of it is where you sleep. You sleep on, on the north side where it is. The light rarely gets in.
0: Was there cow rustling? Was there cattle rustling?
1: Massive, massive. I mean, because like it makes a difference whether you're a guy who owns seven cows or eight cows. Your whole place in society is based on that. So, yeah, you closely guard them, and if the opportunity comes to take someone else's, it might
0: well be beneficial. And do you know, Cullum, on average, how many cows you know an average farmer might have? Yeah, well, it would be numbers up and down
1: from seven, eight, nine, ten. You you know, very poor people would only have three or four. Others would have twenty or thirty. But a kind of an average
0: sort of would be to have 10. And how, how much, would they have their own land or was it like shared land or what way did that work? Okay, so the, the
1: Ringfort is the centre of your farm. And yeah, you you own land, we'll say the first thing that you own is the bit just outside it. You have a little garden. You, the first distance outside it is defined as the length you can throw a spear. You, that's you build fields around the diameter of that distance, and then the next bit out is defined as the length in which you can hear a cock crowing. So, <laughs> however far that is, that is the distance out that your next, you know, barrier are all round. So that is all your land of the family. The family that lives within Ringport is called the Mointer, and it means it's a three-generation family. It's obviously the grandparents, whoever's alive, still alive, the family, the nuclear family, the parents and their children. Generally speaking, they will have a foster child. Society at that time, you to toughen boys up, you kept them at home till they were seven, and then you fostered them out to somebody else from seven to at least fourteen or seventeen. And
0: and would you see? Your
1: child in that seven-year period. You would. Yeah, they they wouldn't be too far away. Oftentimes, and it could be even that it's somewhere within the extended family, like the mother's side of the family would take him. But generally speaking, he lives away from home at least throughout those teenage years. And did the same happen to girls? No, less so. Um, it was more just to do with boys. Um, they generally stayed at home because there was a massive amount of domestic activity. You're taking all this, the, the, you know, the raw material is milk, but you're turning it into all sorts of other
0: milks, cheese, butter, and of course the the girls are involved in that. Um, in terms of how people lived, Cullum, what was an average, an average
1: day like? So I suppose most of the time they're working on all of those things and of course they have, have to be out in the fields tending it. They have a certain amount of A garden, you know, as I say, with the local things. But um, I just came across, it's an interesting part of um, history because it's the first time we have written accounts. Other than that, before that, it's all archaeology. Now, we have really detailed accounts and I came across this little gem. In the laws of that time, they tell you what to do in every kind of situation. But one of them is when the man of the house is sick and he's in his house recuperating and it tells you how to act and how to you know make a nice kind of surrounding for him Um, but it says that when he's recuperating do not admit to the house fools lunatics or enemies no games are played in the house no tidings are announced no children are chastised no men or women come to blows no cries of victory no dogs are set fighting no pigs squeal so telling you what you can't do kind of tells you what they normally do
0: that's what's going on, and I wonder what constituted a fool. Indeed, <laughs> has it changed? I'm st- I think we've possibly
1: said st- so much of a feel, is still there that th- this kind of behaviour, or possibly slightly less, coming to blows. You know, uh, the wider landscape. The wider landscape is the ring forts. Of course, are not laid out in any kind of random way. If you stand in a ring fort, particularly when they were all there, and I mean. Quite a few of them probably have been destroyed in most recent years with bulldozers. But when you're in a ringfort, you can see loads of other ringforts. All of the ones around, for defence purposes, particularly at night when they would have had fires, you can see others. And generally speaking, the ringforts nearby are of your wider clan. They define it as the Der and they mean by that, everybody who shares a common great-grandfather. So essentially means it's second cousins. So all your second cousins are scattered around, not too far away if you need. And, of course, they, when they have agricultural things that need a mehel, the mehel comes from this time where it's groups of people who are related. Out past then where the farmlands are, you very quickly run into wilderness. A huge part of Clare is still forested or just scrubby bog um, where no one lives and there are no roads there is no villages there's no towns it's entirely dispersed um, settlement in Ireland at that time the legacy of that era Colum, does, does, does it still resonate oh today? big time big time we'll say if you just even take the basic things I said there was no roads well when they eventually came around to making them they were called boher, boher. that means a cow's path so the very definition of our roads is where you take cows um, to bring them from A to B Secondly, we are, if you look it up, pretty much the best country in the world for being able to drink our own milk, drink milk, because lactose intolerance in Ireland is extremely low, only 4% of the population have it, globally that's 65%, but it all dates back to this era when we lived practically on, you could say, nothing but. Um, Another aspect I said to you about the cows is that what's so great about Ireland for them is you can keep them out all winter. It's no problem. We have a lovely, mild climate. But um, what you tend to do is mine the fields nearby, your, your ring fort, and send them away for the summer to the kind of wilderness grounds of Clare. And one of those is around the area between Kilmelea and Ina, Mount Callan. It's a boggy kind of wild place. Historically, that's where so many of the cows in Clare spent their summers on holiday. And interestingly, although it's been forgotten, that whole lifestyle, it's still there in the townland names. I only did a night looked it up on the map and here are some townlands in that area, just between Kilmelea and Ina: Bula Vaan, Bula Na Tiag, Bula Brian, Bulae Duff, Bulae Na Clareg, Bula Na Nacain, Bula na Slag Bulae, Clun Bully. Bully means this concept of sending your, your cows to the summerland. And although it's forgotten, it, there it is encoded still in the townlands there. And I suppose the last thing to say is um, although dairy farming has collapsed as being the activity of 90% of the population, in fact, there's, um, I just see, 583 dairy farms in all of Clare now. Cow numbers are still massive. We have 35,000 dairy cows. And in fact, um, the wider cows, dry cattle, all cattle, there's 300,000 of them in Clare. And um, the human population is only 120,000. So there's 2.5 cows <laughs> for every man, woman and child in Clare. Uh, if you were to come from outer space, you would say they were the dominant species still in this county.
0: On a slightly unre- unrelated note, column a question's come in from a listener. They want to know what's a moat and what was it used for?
1: I suppose one of it is, it's purely that how you dig a, a ring fort is you dig a circular trench and throw the, the earth up to make a bank. By and large, it's purely that they, they are complementary. And of course, they create a little trench. You, you're really just trying to keep the cows in just enough that everybody can wake up and respond to the attack in the middle of the night. I mean, plainly, no ring fort. Is as significant as a castle moat or whatever, but that is, it's just enough to delay people coming to try and take your cows. Column, great to talk to you.
0: It's been uh, very educational, without a doubt. Thanks again to uh, Column Liddy um, for bringing us history in focus.